Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Agents of Mace. Today, we're talking Ant-Man... Number one, it's just called Ant Man. Um, I feel like it's the same with that comic. When I was trying to look stuff up, I would type in Ant Man, and it was just like everything Ant Man all the time. And I was like, no, the movie Ant Man. Uh, so we're talking the first movie, getting ready for Ant Man Quantumania. Excuse me, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, so this week we're going to be talking Ant Man. Next week we'll talk Ant Man and the Wasp, and then. It will be time for Quantumania to be out. So get ready for all the <laughs> stuff, all the confusion that comes with Ant-Man uh, and Quantum Realm and time travel and blips and I mean, it never ends. <laughs> I mean, like everything happens to Ant-Man. So. Diving into this first movie, uh, we get not only um, the legacy Ant-Man, we'll call him, uh, Hank Pym, but we also get the new and now current Ant-Man. So we're we're getting, we're starting off with two Ant-Men, which is an interesting place to be. Same with the Wasp. Um, I know that that more fleshes out in the second movie obviously uh but we get we're in a situation where we have two uh and it's kind of like a passing the torch movie mixed with the comedy heist movie um i you know if that makes sense uh so before we get too far into it i guess first thoughts i'll let you start at least um. Uh, my thoughts toward Ant-Man are still largely positive Um, I really feel like it's underrated amongst uh, MCU folks because it is just sort of 
fun and funny. And so it's not one of the ones that people think of as being one of the better MCU movies, even though Paul Rudd is so universally adored and everybody is completely besotted with him. Um, and if I had literally any complaint at all about either one of these movies, it's that they should have just kept Edgar Wright around to do both. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all. I mean, and even even with his, you know, supposed non-presence, aside from being a contributor to the screenplay and an executive producer, the first movie especially is pretty Edgar Wright-ish. Yeah. True. He likes he likes weird flourishes in his movies, and I, f- I feel like that is very very uh, apparent there. Um, but yes, these are both really really fun, and I love all the characters. Even if so far they haven't had the highest stakes, because the stakes have really been like Scott wants to be a good dad. He wants to be there for his daughter, um, which is not which is not usually like world threatening types <laughs> of stakes. Um, but yeah, these are, these are fun ones to return to. They're like, they're the, among the comfort movies of the MCU. You watch them on a rainy day. Oh, it makes you happy. Definitely. (laughs) I, I a hundred percent agree. I think that they are, there's a real story being told, but also we get these like really funny characters. Like Scott Mm -hmm. Lang is a funny character. Um, (laughs) Uh oh, Luis. I mean, probably in my like top five comedy characters of movies. Uh, I love every time he explains anything, anytime he's on screen. Yes, and that that actor I cannot remember his name right now, but he's mostly in dramatic stuff, and so every time I see him <laughs> in a different movie, I'm like, oh, this is not my place. <laughs> uh. He is played by Michael Pena. Okay, okay, okay. That was what came to my mind, but I was like, I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> um, but oh, I love, I love his character, and then also like they do a really good job of the torch passing in this series, where you know we were getting Hank Pym, classic first Ant Man. And now we're getting Scott Lang, who is like a new Ant-Man, but we're seeing Hank like pass on the mantle to Scott, as opposed to we just get Scott Lang. He's Ant-Man. I I guess it would it makes sense because it would be weird to explain Pym particles without having Hank Pym. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, they could have worked some weird way around that. Uh, seeing as how they already did that with the quantum realm because in the comics or the I guess the original comics it wasn't called the quantum realm it was called like the microverse uh, or the like micro universe or something like that it was like a tiny universe inside atoms basically Um, but they couldn't use that because when this movie was coming out Sony had the rights to Fantastic Four and the micro universe is a Fantastic Four thing. So they had to whoop, we gotta Change call it something it. else. Yeah. <laughs> um and speaking of Edgar Wright, he wrote or I guess like worked and co-wrote Ant-Man for like five years or something. 
It was like a really it long time. It was a time. long time, yeah. And uh and then I guess they like the his co-writer left the project and so they got a new co-writer and he was like, "Nah, I'm I'm out too." And so then they got a new director and so then it that's at the end of the movie if you look, it's like there are like five credits for writer for Ant-Man. And it's a little confusing yeah. because it's like who wrote it and who helped write it and who had ideas that were written but didn't partake in the writing part. It, it's very confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it's like Edgar Ampersand, this other person, and and then this other group. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think one of them, one of the accredited writers was Paul Rudd. Yes. Which, uh, I'm wondering if that's him taking a pass over the script and writing lines and all that sort of stuff. Or if it's more like he wants to be involved and do, like, improv and uh, put kind of his own, you know, Paul readiness into his lines. <laughs> it is, uh, it is so interesting I, when I'm actors not sure. get those. Like, when an actor gets a, a writing credit, I always want to know, like, did they write scenes or plot points or was it just like they touched up their dialogue where they think it needed to be touched up yeah and i think i think that that sort of thing happens a lot like um with the first iron man i remember robert downey jr saying basically he would look at the script every day tell them he didn't like it and that he wanted to say different lines uh i don't think he got a writing credit for it but i do think that he probably had a pretty significant contribution to uh what we actually see on screen and with Brian Reynolds, practically every movie he does now, I think he buys a script, but he goes in and he especially revisits dialogue because, you know, all of Ryan Reynolds' characters are pretty Ryan reynolds Oh, yeah. Yeah, he just, and so, I mean, I love Ryan Reynolds, but he, yeah, he plays that's not himself <laughs> the same character in every movie he's in now. Mm-hmm. It's got nice Deadpool, Deadpool regular, and then mean Deadpool. Yeah. Those are, yeah. <laughs> those are how they go. Um... So, yeah, it's it's one of those weird Hollywood things where scripts get passed uh, between so many hands before the movie actually makes it onto screen. But, again, it feels so much like Edgar Wright. I feel like the, whoever took over was like, you know, it's pretty good. Yeah. I, really <laughs> so wish I think I'm going to leave most of it. It's one of those things, and I know we've said this in other things that have been rewritten, too. It's like, I really want to see... I just want to read the script. Like, what what was mm-hmm. it? What was different? I know um, a big thing that they kept was the scene where we get to see, like, the historical footage of Ant-Man and the Wasp fighting a bunch of guys during the Cold War. Like, that was part of Edgar Wright's original screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's how it was supposed to open. So I want to know, like, was... Was Hank going to play a bigger role? Not that he doesn't play a big role in this movie, but he is sort of like a supporting character. Scott mm-hmm. is like very clearly the lead. Um, so I want to know if maybe it was like more of a co-lead situation. Maybe he trains him a little bit more or something in the Edgar Wright one. Yeah, and this one he's, he's very, very clearly the mentor for our protagonist, right. um, which is an important role, but not the most important role. Right. Um, um. <laughs> I know that this movie had a, a couple things in it that were cut, I believe for time. Um, 
and in the end, they didn't really use them anyway. But thinking back in time to when the first Ant-Man came out, we hadn't gotten Shang-Chi yet. Um, there is a guy that's working for Darren who has a Ten Rings tattoo on his neck. Mm. And we're, there was a scene that was cut that you would have seen it more clearly, um, but it was always supposed to be sort of like a hidden thing. Uh, but it was supposed to allude to, uh-oh, the Ten Rings are here, and they're trying to get this you know, shrinking formula. Um, and it's interesting because there's like two shots where you can see the guy uh, and you can kind of make out the top of the tattoo and then they released the uh, the cut scene so you can actually see the tattoo on the guy's neck. But it's like, oh, that's funny because when I read that, I was like, oh, well, yeah, like we know about Ten Rings. You know, uh-huh. Shang-Chi, they're the ones that like kidnap Tony and it's, you know, yeah, sure. Like I got it. Uh, and then I realized like, oh, no, that movie hadn't come out yet. We didn't know anything mm-hmm. about the Ten Rings yet. <laughs> uh, we can totally retcon it, though. It can be this dude was, you know, trying to sneak around for... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wasn't successful, no. but it's okay. Busted. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we get a Star Wars reference in this movie. I had to read my chicken scratch notes. Um we get a Star Wars reference in this movie and another Disney reference. This is the second movie after uh, Disney took over. And I believe the first one was um, Ultron. And yeah. that's why he sings Got No Strings on Me. Uh, in this <laughs> movie, we get a Star Wars reference where when we're watching the Yellow Jacket commercial and in the big fight at the end of the movie with Yellow Jacket, whenever he shoots his lasers... The sound effect is the blaster sound effect from the AT-ATs in uh, Star Wars. So that's funny. And then we also get, later in the movie, uh, Luis, when he's walking around, he's whistling. It's a small world after all. So really seeing Disney make sure that people know that Disney properties are fair game in the Marvel Universe now. And we've seen it more and more since. I mean, to the point where like now it's weird when there's not a Disney reference in something Marvel at some point, you know, a movie, a song, something. They've got all that IP. They might as well, if you've got it, flaunt it basically. Yeah. Oh, and they do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a, there's a bit of, I would say, uh, harsh violence that happens in this movie along with it being funny uh, that seem almost like shock and awe moments uh, there's a part where Darren kills a guy by shrinking him without a suit and he, oh yeah that was gross yeah, and he turns into like a little wad of gum on the ground it's it's intense and when they're talking about shrinking the goat the whole time you're like oh my god not the goat yes not the goat <laughs> it's a very uh a very Jurassic Park moment where you're like oh the goat uh but the goat's fine the goat gets shrunk and is fine we won't talk about all the goats before that goat uh or that one guy that we see um and then also Darren himself 
when he dies at the end. It's pretty intense. It's not like a, oh, we got him. It's like a, oh, he shrinks into yeah, they <laughs> they they throw around that whole like yeah if you use this stuff too much it kind of breaks your mind <laughs> yeah and you know Hank and Scott have both been using the stuff for a while so that's a little bit alarming because he goes so crazy that he starts like threatening a six year old girl mm-hmm. for fun mm-hmm. and you know uh, being mean to goats and people. <laughs> Um, it is interesting. So I want to talk a little bit about Ant-Man's abilities because they talk about the, it's very convenient power, right? We, in the movie, they talk about a little bit of some of the things, but then very quickly contradicts those things throughout the whole movie. One of them is pretty big. Um, so what happens when you put the suit on and use the pim particles is you can shrink and you can later as we see grow uh seemingly at will and it's all about displacing atoms but no matter what you keep your same weight and strength mm-hmm. so like you shrink down and you're still as strong as you are yeah, he says that he's changing the distance between uh, either atoms themselves or the parts of atoms. And I'm like, sure, whatever. Uh, so you're super duper dense when you're tiny. And I guess you're not dense when you're big. So you're wobbly. Yeah. So that's where things get a little confusing. Uh, the first time we see Giant Man is in uh, Civil War. Um, And it's cool, but it doesn't make sense. Because if you, yourself, got thrown against an airplane, you wouldn't dent the airplane. You also wouldn't be able to pick up the airplane. You're not strong enough, right? So when Scott is big, and he gets thrown into the airplane, and it, like, crushes the airplane... That doesn't make sense, because wouldn't he weigh, even though he's getting bigger, he still retains his mass, so. Does the embiggening process work differently? I I guess so, I have to assume so. They never really maybe explain it. Maybe the suit is somehow special, and can be like, heavier, or mm-hmm. more massive, or something, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's magic. So, well... I don't want to get too much into the big because we don't have that in this movie, but we do have the small and in the small, they show off that you keep your same weight and stuff by when he falls out of the tub after he puts on the suit for the first time and he lands on the ground, it cracks the tile Mm -hmm. because we're supposed to think, okay, even though he's really tiny, he's super dense and he weighs as much as however much Scott Lang weighs. Okay. Okay. One Paul Rudd. Right. So, okay, I buy it. Fine. Now let's talk about the fact that Hank Pym is carrying around a shrunken tank on a keychain throughout the entire movie. How does the keychain not weigh multiple tons? Because the tank would keep it same. It's just like the car box in the second movie. They have a box full of little cars. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. 
you've already explained to us that stuff keeps its weight and its mass even though it shrinks and now i'm supposed to believe just because it's shrunk you can carry around 30 cars in like a toy plastic case hey no one knows it's a mystery <laughs> unless it's some kind of special tank that's made out of ultra lightweight stuff so it just looks really scary but mm. it's not maybe it's an intimidation tactic <laughs> rather than a practical use of heavy machinery yeah maybe i don't know it's really just <laughs> it's, so, it's so confusing um and, and it's okay it's okay it yeah, doesn't have to yeah. it doesn't have to make sense yeah we're here for uh small antics large antics <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one um so yeah physics aside because i just don't get it um <laughs> I think the the idea of a Marvel heist movie is fun no matter what. So the fact that we get this heisty vibe to the whole movie is so much fun. Even to the point where the the heist music that they use when they're like planning. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Their heist is the same music that they use when in um, Endgame, 
when they're planning their time heist. They have the same little do 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 in the background, and it's like, oh, that's because it was so good. Because they need to like heist movie. Who doesn't like a heist movie, right? It's always fun. You don't like heist. There's movies? a heist movie that okay. I, I don't have a problem with heist movies in general, <laughs> but one of the worst movies I've ever seen in a theater was a heist movie, which, which was Hurricane Heist. Well, I mean. I should I should not have been surprised. I at least expected it to be so bad it was fun, but it wasn't. And also, you would think that a movie with that kind of title and like the setup is that they're using a hurricane as the cover to go and do a heist, mm. that we would be following the hasters. Instead, we're following the boring people trying to stop the cool heist. Yeah, well, then that's not a heist movie. That's a stopping the heist movie. And that's never yeah, as it was a Yeah. Heist movie bait and switch. They put Heist in the title, and then we're not following the fun bunch of like redneck Floridian uh, gangsters who are trying to, <laughs> trying to gotta, rob this place during a hurricane. You're making me want to watch this movie. I, I'm not trying now, to because now I know the thing I just good. said makes it sound better than it is because it should have been fun. We should have been, you know, following the greasy group of people. <laughs> Who were hosting during a hurricane because that's the smartest idea they could come up with. And oh, we're following all the boring people, like that girl from Lost or whatever. And they're like, we have to stop them. No. No, you don't. Yeah. They're going to stop themselves. Yeah, <laughs> just let it happen. Uh, well, I, I do hope that they kind of stick with this heisty theme for Ant-Man movies. Uh, I know the second movie isn't, isn't heisty, but it's still sort of like... They got to sneak around and he's got to be slick, sly Ant-Man. So I hope they keep that in this this next one. And for Ant-Man being slick and sly, one of my favorite things about this movie is the dynamic between Scott and Hank. Because Hank is, of course, a super genius. He's a scientist who's invented uh, this absolutely insane technology that they use for the Ant-Man suit. And Scott is also an incredibly intelligent person, but just seems like a dumb head up beside all these people. <laughs> yes. Yes. They, it's, uh, he's a perfect match. <laughs> yeah. Right now we're talking about the cool vibes between Scott and Hank. <laughs> I mean, make that into its own short. <laughs> Give us more of that. I If they would make an Ant-Man heist series oh, it was just be... like ant-man and luis and hank could be like the they could be heisting like stuff from hydra or something you know like it doesn't have to be they're stealing just stealing stuff did y'all say that they are releasing uh scott's autobiography later this year Okay. No. So that's okay. I saw It's real. It is real. I ordered it. Okay, that's awesome. I saw that cir- circulating in like film Twitter and I was like back in my mind I was like is that serious? That has to be like some ongoing gag. Um, it's the real deal, huh? Yeah, and it's regrettably not the podcast that uh, we wanted. Yeah, but... we still haven't got The podcast better be in the new movie. That's all I'm saying. It's got to be. It, Even if it's just like the first three minutes of the movie. Well, I, I think it is because I think in the teaser trailer, we see him walking on the red carpet. And there's like the Ant-Man podcast 
like symbol behind them. So gotcha. I think that it is like, <laughs> I think it is supposed to be like real world or not, I guess real world, uh, whatever Marvel world, uh, a real podcast. So I, it's just weird to me. I feel like that would be easier to do than write a, an autobiography, right? Like someone had to sit down and write an autobiography for Scott Lang. Maybe we will be gifted with both. That would be nice. Even like a little short episode thing, I would be a thousand percent about it. Yeah, give us like a give us like a uh, the the baby Groot show. Yeah, like do that. Like that. You know, they could be five six minutes long, but just clips or just like subjects of the Ant Man podcast, and that could be it. It could be eight six minute episodes. You know. Brie Larson has a podcast. Why doesn't she bring on Marvel characters to her podcast? <laughs> Just saying. About? Uh, I think her, so her podcast is like uh, with, uh, I think her best friend who is, um, I think it's Jonah Hill's sister. Um, and I think they just talk about like life and stuff like that. Mm. Well then, yes, they should just, I don't know Marvel if they're still doing that podcast though, but I'll, Try to look it up real quick. Well, if they're if they aren't, then here's your chance, Bree. Start a new one. You just interview Marvel characters, right? Yeah. Like between She's not two busy enough. Oh, uh, did they? I guess they ended it. Maybe. Hang on. Whoop. I'm sorry. Could be like between two <sighs> Marvel characters. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I I still I'm a hundred percent on board. I would listen to the Scott. I know there's a Squirrel Girl podcast, <laughs> and I listened to that for a little while, and it was funny, but it wasn't enough because we don't have Squirrel Girl yet, right? Yeah. Like if we had if she was a character in the MCU, and they could reference more things in the MCU, I feel like maybe it would draw me in a little bit more, but that wasn't the case, so. I kind of fell out of that one, but uh, Scott Lang, Ant Man podcast. I'm into it. <laughs> uh, another cool moment in this is because this is all pre Disney series. Uh, we get a cool fight with Falcon, mm-hmm. like classic Falcon too. Not yeah. even like cool new Falcon. Um. And we get to see some of the Avengers compounds, like the beginnings of the Avengers compound when they've gone away from Stark Tower uh, and are now like, oh, we got this cool compound we're going to use instead. Um, And I saw online somewhere that if you look, you can see the scorch mark on the ground from when Thor (laughs) uses the Bifrost. When they like do the flyover shot of the compound as they're uh-huh, trying yeah, to break it, I need in. to go and back. Like those little things, I need to go back and look for. Um, yeah, it's like what a cool little detail to include. <laughs> I never would have even remembered. Like, so now oh, that yeah, brings up the question: Is when Thor uses the Bifrost, how long do those scorch marks last? I mean, I guess you just have to think about it. Like, it just like burns it into the ground. So yeah. I guess however long. 
you would have like a burned patch of grass. It's like you have the cleanup crew that just like mows over it or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it happens on the, on the cement too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. That seems permanent. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, since the Bifrost is magical, I like the idea of them being permanent. And just so like over the centuries, there's all these like random scorch marks all over <laughs> Earth. Whenever Thor would come down to like party for a little bit and then leave. <laughs> Do you think he ever tries to come to the same spot twice, though, and it's, like, a little bit off? So then there's, like, one scorch mark, but then one on top of it that's, like, a little askew? He he probably does, and I bet he goes, like, 200 years apart because he doesn't really think about human time that much. So he's like, no, I know this great little place. He comes back and he's like, what? It's totally different. It was right here. It's like somebody's living room now. <laughs> um, there is a moment. I know we're we're kind of you know, talking about all the fun moments in the movie, but there is a moment that potentially will come back in Quantum Mania or in some future Marvel something um, near the end of the movie, end-ish of the movie, I guess. Um, there's this government bad guy, I guess we'll call him, uh, Carson, Um and he takes some of the yellow jacket him particles um, and we, runs away. Talking about Mitchell Carson? Yes. Yeah. He's he got a deeper role in him in like the Marvel world, right? Yes. Uh, so he, he took these particles and then we've never seen him again. Hmm. So someone has the yellow jacket particles. I don't know what for. I don't know when they're going to come back. I don't know if it was just Marvel like safeguarding like in the future if we don't know what to do. Oh yeah, remember we stole the particles. We could do that. Thunderbolts. So, I don't know. Interesting you say that because in the second movie, which will be next week's episode, uh so I'll just tease a little bit here. Um there is kind of this strong feeling that we're going to get Cassie taking the role or yeah, taking the role. Uh, what does she turn into? Stature hmm. is her hero name. Um, and it would be like a young Avengers thing. And I know we kind of talked about Thunderbolts being some sort of like dark Avengers. They're introducing all of these younger characters. So we're thinking that they're kind of, slowly phasing out the older characters and bringing in some new people to potentially be the young Avengers. So maybe I I mean, it's, it's all set up for us. We just don't know what direction they're going to go. Cause I feel like every time we think they're going to go one way, they take like a sharp left and go the other way. And it's like, Oh, so close. Uh, we also get some teases. I know, uh, you know, this is obviously, we're talking about this movie years after it's come out, uh, but there are teases in this movie of the Wasp because, ooh, we want the Wasp, right? Uh, and that is what the, the like, big uh, post credit scene is where basically Hank says, hey, I got this suit. And it's like, oh, 
It's the wasp suit. Uh, so it's a little less exciting watching it the second time because you're like, yeah, I know. Um, but the first time, it's like that. That's cool. So Look forward to something. Yeah. <laughs> I always like those moments. They still get me. I enjoy them, but they're less. Uh, it's just less. Now. A little bit, yeah. It's not like yeah. the first watch, yeah. Yeah. Because the first watch, you're like, I wonder if they're going to do this. And then it happens, and you're like, oh, yeah, the wasp. Uh, but then as soon as the second movie comes out and the wasp is all up in it, then it's a little less. You're like, yeah, I know. So that would be, be an interesting question. I don't know if we've asked this, but since we're getting so close to the start of Phase 5, if you could go back through any of what we've seen, what's one that you would completely erase from mem- memory to have that first watch again? Oh. Endgame. Endgame. Yeah, same. <laughs> I mean, it was just like... I love Marvel movies. That was on like another level. Like, it took it took this like funny, nerdy thing that I would go watch every couple of months or whenever one came out and turned it into like a true cinematic experience that like I had no clue what was going on. I had no clue what to expect. People were dying, and you're like, wait, but they're like a main character, and now they're dead? And then people came back from the dead, and you're like, they're back from the dead? What is happening? Oh, it was great. It's a good pick. I think I have to go Iron Man. Oh, Oh, good one. I mean, you know, Iron Man kind of kicked us all off, and that's one, like, if you just can completely erase your memory and then have that first watch experience, it's just... It's a special watch. This is a good one. Yeah. It is so, it's so different. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah. Like think about where, uh, where Marvel is now versus yeah. where Marvel was. Yeah. Um, well, before we wrap this episode up, I do want to say, uh, I just watched, uh, Wakanda forever. It was, uh, it's on Disney plus now. Mm-hmm. And, Still good. Still good. <laughs> the still book uh-huh. looks amazing. I'll have to look it up. It, I haven't seen it. It's it's incredible. I've got to get a copy of it. It is beautiful. I am still trying to find because of course now they're really hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the like Infinity Stone collection mm-hmm. for Phase Two. Um, so it's like a stand and it comes with the ball from guardians that you can open and inside is uh, an infinity stone and you can like turn a little light on the battery's dead um but (laughs) phase one is the tesseract and it comes in like a shield suitcase phase three i think is where they mess it up because phase three is uh thanos's gauntlet (laughs) so it's like oh but we only have two infinity stones it's weird that you would jump the gun there um and i don't know what phase four is this. Hmm. so i need to i need to look it up but my goal is to have all of these as a collection and it came with like so much stuff like this is the thing that i have on display but it came with like this whole pack there's a auntie's wing on like a little uh like a petri dish card thing 
Uh, it came with all these like secret files from Shield. It's wild. If you if you're if you're like a big Marvel fan and you like just weird collectibles that you don't know what to do with, you should look yes, up yes. The, the the Phase collections because it's insane the amount of stuff that comes in there. <laughs> yes, I need this Tesseract briefcase of which you speak. It's huge too. It's like yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, well, I'll have to like take some. I'll have to find the the little packet that I have all the collectible stuff in and, and take some posts, some pictures to post. Uh, but anyway, back to Ant-Man. <laughs> uh, although kind of auntie's wing, Ant-Man. Um, great movie. Exciting start to this story that we're like still kind of following. Uh, and interesting to see some things that like may come back versus things that like, are very clearly meant to set up Ant-Man and the Wasp. So you'll have to join us for Ant-Man and the Wasp to find out uh, what other things may have popped up that we could potentially see in Quantumania. So uh, do you guys have any last thoughts on Ant-Man? I know I was kind of late to joining this one, but um, I love the the comedy. I mean, just seeing like the the if you look at like the portfolio that paul rudd has you know is he's one of those like okay he's gonna be a superhero this could be really interesting and he just mm-hmm. does such a fantastic job and really just pulls off this character and just the chemistry with like all the little side characters in this um yeah i just want more of that uh in quantum mania because we definitely get get more of that in ant-man and the wasp but um and even like uh, the height, like when this came out, <clears throat> was like so big for like other shows and stuff. So like uh, I'm trying to think of the actor's name. Uh, who was Darren Cross? What was his? Oh, what was the actor's name? Corey Stahl. What's his name? Was that Corey Stahl? Yeah. So like, cause cause I think when Ant Man came out, uh, like House of Cards was still like big on netflix before all that crazy stuff happened with spacey and all that but yeah like i really liked uh cory stall and his acting so it was exciting to get to see him play the villain i thought he was a great villain he just pulled that that role off so well um so yeah i mean this is definitely one i like to revisit quite often well it only gets better uh when when the wasp joins in so Join us next week as we break down Ant-Man and the Wasp as we are on the road to getting ready for Quantumania. Uh, question this week will be if you... Oh, no, I think we already did that. Uh, Wait, I've got one. I've okay. got one. I've got one. Go, I've got go, one. Go. I've got one. <laughs> what is your favorite flavor of Baskin-Robbins ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect question. Uh, send your answers to us on social media. and, and Just know... They know everything already, so they do. don't lie. You're not telling them anything new. <laughs> See you guys next week. Bye. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.